It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York, I'm Bill Calagero, it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're listening or watching, we hope you're doing all right. I want to give a special shout out to uh, all of our new listeners uh, from uh, Holyfield TV. Uh, glad to be part of your day or night or whenever. And I also want to give a shout out to Fight TV, and don't forget to download our app. Go to Fight, that's F-I-T-E. Fight.tv slash Billy C. Download our app and watch our show on your handheld. And there's more. No, wait, there's more. Because if you go to our website, BillyCBoxing.com, you can watch all of the top pay-per-views that you may not be able to see here in the States or anywhere else uh, right on our website. Go check it out. We have a a window. Uh, It's called the Fight TV Pay-Per-Views. Check them out. It's all there for you. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. And by the way, if you're on our website, uh, billycboxing.com, you can't miss, uh, we have a new uh, uh, big big banner for uh, Sal's. Uh, so if you're uh, already on billycboxing.com, don't worry about it, just click the banner. That says Sal's uh, Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant. And you'll go right to Sal's uh, website, which has his address, phone number, all that stuff. So make sure you uh, uh, check that out. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to get a slice of good pizza uh, from Sal. And uh, by the way, for all of our listeners uh, on WGIG in Brunswick, Georgia, if you haven't checked out Sal's, it's right up the street. Go uh, check them out on Federica. Give them a call, 912 268 23 2-8-9-1-2-2-6-8-2-3-2-8, Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Gawk Box. What is it? Well, it helps you and it helps us. So help us help you and you can help you help us. And just, just go visit our website, www.billycboxing.com and click on the Gawk Box banner. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Billy C's Canelo Alvarez, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. post-fight show, which is going to be airing Saturday, approximately six minutes after the fight is over. So make sure you uh, check that out. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage, The Baddest Man on the Planet, is available where all great books are sold. You can get it right now while you're watching this show. Uh, by going to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why we got a five-star rating across the board. If you're looking to get a signed copy, don't worry about it. Just visit our website. Can't miss the book there, www.billycboxing.com. Well, coming up a little bit later, 
Uh, we got uh, Boxing Hall of Famer uh, Larry Hazard set to join us. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the uh, Anthony Joshua Vladimir Klitschko fight, and of course the big fight uh, scheduled for this weekend between uh, Canelo Alvarez and uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. We also got the blast from the past. Yeah, that's coming up a little bit later. Uh, Alex Papali uh, will be presenting that, and once again we got uh, a request request from uh, one of you guys, uh, Carlos Zarati, a former world uh, champion and boxing hall of famer. Uh, so we'll be talking about him. Um, we got the return of the trivia question. Uh, can't stand uh, getting bugged and harassed every day in the chat room. Uh, so we got that today. So make sure you stay tuned uh, to uh, take a shot at that. Uh, on the line today is a copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. Uh, so uh, make sure you... Uh, and I will tell you this, it's not going to be uh, an easy question. But uh, Also, we got the fight results from last night. We got a bunch of emails to read. Uh, today's main topic... You know, uh, I'm still giddy over the heavyweight fight, but, you know, we got to move on. Uh, we got a huge fight this weekend uh, on uh, Cinco de Mayo. And, of course, uh, it's putting uh, uh, Canelo, uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez, against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And my question today, can Jr. upset Canelo? The odds are in Canelo's favor. All the Vegas bookies got him. Uh, all the sports books have uh, Canelo as the favorite. Uh, a lot of people uh, aren't giving him a chance. My question today, can Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. upset uh, Canelo Alvarez and really uh, upset the middleweight division in a sense? I know this fight is being contested at super middleweight, but remember, um, a lot of people think that the winner of this fight will be taking on Triple G next. Uh, will it be Canelo, as most people expect, or will Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. upset the apple cart, beat Canelo, and uh, move on to possibly get a big payday against Triple G? Joining me right now with his thoughts on this, uh, all the way from beautiful St. Simons Island, he's a New Jersey Boxing Hall of Famer, he's a Guinness Book of World Record holder, and he's a pretty good uh, restaurateur. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, childrens of all ages, please welcome the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sal Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Bill. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. How about yourself, my man? I'm doing well. I think I was singing a little bit too much last night. I hear a little bit of raspiness in my voice. You know, nothing for nothing, but I, we've been hearing that raspiness in your voice for a good week now. You Maybe, maybe it's time to uh, uh, go to the doctor or something, my man doctor i've been to a doctor since my physical in 2012 to get my boxing license back hey you don't want them to tell you something you don't want them to tell you something bad right that's exactly right that's <laughs> it my father my father didn't believe in doctors too much but uh and I followed, uh, the apple didn't fall far from the tree but I, I should get a physical every year but like i said the last time you went to a doctor was uh October 2012 to get my professional license back, boxing license back, and they said I all checked out then, and I haven't felt anything else except the raspiness in my voice right now. It sounds like you're whispering right now, but uh, uh, listen, so so you and I have been talking about uh, this fight coming up this weekend uh, between Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez, and, um, you know, I have my thoughts on the fight, of course, but... Uh, do you think that Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. can upset uh, Canelo? Do you think it's realistic? I know, you know, I know we all like to give him a shot in the dark and all of this. Uh, 
but uh, but what do you think? Is it realistic? And and if so, um, how do you see it going? Billy, I always say, you know, any fighter could be beaten any given time, any given night. And to think that it's not realistic, uh, I think you'd have to look at some historical upsets that occurred when all money was being bet on one fighter. Um, I know Canelo Alvarez is a pretty good good favorite this weekend. But, you know, you have to look at the fact that, you know, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is a definitely is definitely a dangerous opponent. I mean, he's capable of, of, of punching with some power. He takes a great shot, and he does a good body attack. And when he is on, he will be in a posture that could really dish out uh, some penetrating and, and hard blows to Canelo if uh, Canelo doesn't have a fight plan to, to, to stay away from those power shots. So I think it's very possible and, you know, I've said all along, I might put some money on uh, on Chavez to uh, pull an upset here. And uh, why not? You know, <laughs> you never know. No, I think he's that, got a great that's, shot. That's, that's why they got to fight the fight. But, um, you know, the, the thing is, is, I, you know, I for one, and I, and I know a lot of other people t- uh, too, we're critical of Canelo. And the reason uh, is certainly not anything other than the path all of a sudden he chose. You know, on the way up, uh, and including his fight with uh, Floyd Mayweather, you know, Canelo uh, gave us the uh, illusion uh, that uh, he was there to fight the biggest and the best uh, names and uh, wanted to cement his own legacy, et cetera, et cetera. And um, not only did I feel he learned something inside the ring when he fought Floyd Mayweather, but I think he tried to rip a page out of the financial success uh, and the career, uh, successful career that Floyd had outside the ring. And as a result, immediately after that fight, he, he seemed to, to take uh, the road less traveled, let's just say, uh, between, behind um, the advisement of his promoter, Oscar De La Hoya. And, you know, he has chosen some easier paths rather than fight the fight that, uh, we all wanted him to fight, which was against Triple G. Uh, to make matters worse, Sal, you know, he, he had the famous, uh, you know, when Triple G was ringside for the fight, you know, he looks at him, he grabs the mic, he says, us Mex- Mexicans don't F around, I'll fight him right now, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that was uh, a couple of years ago, you know, and uh, Triple G, as a result, has not, uh, um, it will not be ringside for this fight this weekend. Uh, and the the other thing, uh, is the fact that, uh, you know, just a side note, Triple G hasn't looked that great in his last couple of fights either, so the clamoring for this fight is even higher. Uh, with all that said, I think that uh, Canelo Alvarez, his mindset and the path that he's taken ha- is seemingly uh, oh, an easier path, except I'm not so sure that that's the case this weekend. Uh, I think that this weekend, and and I've said it a million times, Sal, that um, you know, uh, Canelo's weakness is the fact that he's got to stand in front of his opponent. He's not very good at uh, hitting on the move or at least uh, landing punches effectively. And I think that plays right into uh, Julio Cesar Chavez's uh, arsenal because he really only does one thing good. And another thing, he seems to be in good shape, both mentally and physically, um, a, a, a good 
Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. in good mental and physical shape, do you think he's going to pose a danger for, for Canelo? Oh, yeah. I think he could. And this, and this fight could change with one punch. Um, I think if it does change with a single punch, it's going to change more towards a punch coming from Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Than more likely than one single punch coming from uh, Canelo Alvarez. And uh, <clears throat> that being, I... Uh, I think that uh, he is definitely in this fight, and I'm just hoping that the uh, Chavez Jr. showing up has got his head on straight, the blinders on, and looking at his opponent right in front of him. Not to wish Canelo Alvarez any bad, but I'm like you, Bill. I was a big fan of Canelo Alvarez, especially in that Mayweather fight. And, um, you know, I, I thought that he did learn a lot, um, but I... You know, I think he learned more from the handbook, and here he is, maybe touting and looking at at Triple G, maybe two or three years after the fact, just like uh, Mayweather uh, finally got in a ring with Pacquiao, maybe five years too late. But uh, you know, the bottom line is this: I think this fight this weekend will be significant for each fighter to solidify their position. And I think if uh, Chavez Jr. pulls this upset and wins, he's going to be right back on top in the limelight, of course. And uh, people are going to be knocking on his door. And he's also going to be vying for the championships and the unification and big fights with Triple G, possibly. But if Canelo Alvarez solidifies his position here and, and uh, stops and beats uh, Chavez convincingly, um, you know, there's there's only the top, top of the top for him to, to, to face in the fight and his uh, uh, monetary value and, and, and marquee value will go right to the top. Truthfully, uh, you know, Canelo Alvarez really is in a position where all he's got to do is like uh, the late great Al Davis used to say is just win, you know. <laughs> just win. Um, but, but, but the problem is that, you know, the one of the things I wish he would have learned from Floyd was how to utilize your feet and be effective with your hands at the same time. It's something that Canelo just has not done yet. And I know I'm, I, you know, I'm like a broken record with that because I've been saying it all the time. But, you know, every other aspect of the game, if you look at Canelo, Al uh, Canelo Alvarez, he's uh, textbook. You know, his stance is textbook. Uh, he delivers his punches textbook. Uh, the only, you know, he just he, he needs to – it's almost like he's overthinking, even though I think it's automatic. Um and I think it plays right into Julio Cesar Chavez's uh, game plan. I, you know, Chavez is limited, uh, but he seems mentally uh, ready for this fight. Uh, according to him, he's going to have no problem making weight. Uh, he did look a little thin. I saw a photo of him yesterday. He did look a little thin. Uh, so if he's, you know, losing weight, uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe stamina comes into play. Uh, now, that's something that Canelo Alvarez has uh, had some problems with uh, in the past as well, his own stamina, uh, where he fights in spurts and, and stuff like that. They genuinely, uh, whether it's true or not, they're definitely playing up to the fact that they genuinely don't like each other. Uh, right. You have the revenge factor. Uh, Ramon Alvarez was uh, knocked out pretty much in a brutal fashion by uh, Julio's brother, Omar Chavez, this past weekend. Uh, personally, I don't think that that comes into play, but you never know what motivates uh, fighters. And um, I, I really, I, listen, like you said earlier, uh, a lot of times when, when everybody in the, in the world is playing one side, 
And there's always seems to be a ruffling of the tail feathers and, and the opposite comes into play. And I, and I honestly think that Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Uh, is uh, a really good live underdog to throw a few bucks on. And I, I have this strange feeling that uh, that Chavez Jr. is going to upset this apple cart. I, I, I have a strange feeling that he's going to win this fight and he's going to knock out uh, because that's the only way he's going to win the fight. I think oh, yeah. he's going to knock out Canelo. And Canelo, really, out of all people, the only time I ever saw Canelo seemingly get rocked was against Floyd. Was and Floyd against can't Floyd. knock out anything. He can't knock out gravel out of his sneaker, you know. Uh, but uh, uh, the truth of the matter is, is I thought Floyd rocked uh, Canelo when they fought. And uh, I, Chavez punches a hell of a lot harder. And, you know, if he stays mentally in this fight and if he's uh, as interested in the fight and as... Uh, jacked up for this fight as he seems to be. It's going to be a tough night for Canelo, Sal. Oh, I, I agree with you 100%. And uh, we're going to have to, I'm going to be at the edge of my seat, on the edge of my seat with this one. And uh, I'll tell you, Bill, I I think, like you're thinking, uh, this could be a night of upsets. Uh, well, at least uh, for Canelo Alvarez. And, uh, you know, we'll see where this, uh, where this lands. But I could see. Canelo taking some big shots from Chavez, and um, I don't think Canelo will knock Chavez out, but I could see uh, Chavez knocking Canelo out, especially with uh, going down to the body if he hits him first and slows him down. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, in the past we've seen that uh, Canelo uh, is susceptible uh, to body work, and, and that's uh, Julio uh, Jr.'s uh, uh, you know, biggest asset. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, um, we had uh, the fight last night on uh, FS1, and uh, we'll talk a little about the main event. Uh, it was um, it was a competitive fight. It was a competitive fight in both sides. Entertaining. Uh, yeah. It was it, it was uh, it was competitive. Uh, it, it was a little boring at first, but uh, uh, again, this conditioning. I mean, we're going to be. Uh, Talking about this fight here in a couple of minutes, we've got some emails we might uh, try to get to uh, at least before we uh, get Larry on, and then we'll come back to them. Uh, there's several of them. And don't forget, if you take the time to drop us an email, billy at talkingboxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, we'll take the time to read it uh, on air. So listen, uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about the uh, Mendez uh, Reddick fight that uh, took place last night and some other things. So uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be back uh, uh, in about uh, two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, don't forget about uh, Fight TV. That's F-I-T-E dot TV slash Billy C. Download our app today. And uh, have it on your uh, handheld so you can watch uh, our uh, show and uh, some others. 
So uh, don't worry about that. I'm here with my man uh, Sal uh, Rocky Senecola. And last night there was a, a fight on uh, Fox Sports 1. And the main event uh, had uh, former world champion Arginus Mendez going up against, uh, uh, we'll call him a contender. Somebody had him ranked, uh, Ivan Redick. The funny thing is Redick was on the uh, A side of this fight, and, and a lot of people had him as the favorite, which I, I found uh, kind of strange. He was coming off of uh, uh, a big win, uh, but the computer, we broke it down yesterday, the computer had him uh, ranked uh, substantially lower than um, Mendez. Now, Mendez was coming off of two losses, back-to-back -back losses, uh, but uh, at the end of the night, Arginus Mendez improved to 24 wins, Five losses and a draw uh, with 12 of his wins coming by knockout when uh, Redick uh, dropped to uh, 20 wins, three losses and a draw with 16 knockouts. It was a tough fight, uh, a uh, split decision. Uh, two of the judges had it for Mendez, 96-93 and 95-94, while the third saw it for Redick. Uh, I, I didn't personally score the fight, but I will say this. I, I felt that, uh, number one, the referee took a point away uh, from uh, Redick, and he also did not call uh, two uh, knockdowns that, although they, they didn't seem to hurt Arginus Mendez, I think they should have been called knockdowns. They were, they were flash knockdowns. They, they, there was a punch thrown, and he did go down. Uh, the referee, uh, Raul Caez uh, Jr., scored them as slips. Were they knockdowns, Sal, Rocky Senecola? I scored them. <clears throat> I didn't score them, but I saw them as knockdowns and uh, you know I definitely think that all that came into play with the scoring I thought Mendez looked dominant at times and I thought he was the sharper puncher uh, and I thought from what I was looking and listening to that Redick was uh, the favorite going in or or the hopefully winner coming out and uh, but Mendez uh, had a lot to say about that and he wasn't going to uh, to agree with the opinion of others. Um, you know, first round I gave kind of a draw, the feeling out session. But Mendez, uh, I gave the second, and uh, because of the round, the point being taken away from Redick in, in the third, I actually made that a nine-nine round because I thought Redick Redick uh, beat him that third round or won that third round. But that came into play. And then those uh, flash knockdowns, if you will, they were knockdowns. I mean, as you said, a punch landed. The guy went down. It could be a slip. could be anything. He's off balance. He's down. Um, so, you know, I think that the scoring could have been easily turned around to a draw or maybe uh, even in Reggae's uh, favor. But, uh, you know, in the end, I thought Mendez did enough to be dominant, and uh, he was a sharper, crisper puncher. And uh, he did walk away with a victory in a split decision. You know, I, well, I have some quotes. Uh, Ivan uh, said at the end of the fight, the judges got it wrong. I won that fight. I felt that I knocked him down and the referee didn't call it. And then he took the point away and that cost me. I never felt any pain. I fought like I wanted to and I thought I did enough. They were wrong. This was my night. Um, you know, I, I, the comment, I, listen, you know, I hear it all the time from fighters. Uh, I thought I won. I thought I did enough. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you can't take anything for granted. And, you know, no. the corners can't be. I know that boxing is 90% is mental. And I know a lot of corner guys, uh, trainers, what have you, 
you know, they'll be in their fighter's ear and they'll be saying, you know, oh, you're looking good. You know, I do keep doing what you're doing. You know, you're winning that round. Now, whether they truly believe that or whether they're just trying to stroke their fighter a little bit, you know, you never know. You know, if they really think that their fighter is winning and, and rounds, I mean, let's be real. This was a close fight. There was no dominating, uh, you know, round. I mean, there was nobody slapping the crap out of each other. Yeah. And and you could just, you know, not even think twice about who won the round. I mean, they were, they were close. Again, it goes back to... You know, what order are you, you know, judging the fight? Are you putting, uh, you know, the same order as the other judges, you know, and, and you end up with, uh, with with different scores. Now, the bottom line is there's no robbery here with the exception no. of the knockdowns. If those two knockdowns get scored, then Reddick wins the fight. Um, Mendez said after the fight, I used my skill and speed throughout this fight. I waited to come forward until uh, after the fourth round. I knew he wasn't going to be able to knock me out because I have great defense. I see every punch. I definitely slipped both times I went down. He didn't even hit me. Uh, Ivan's a tough uh, warrior. He throws a lot of wild punches, and he hit me in the back of the head several times. I thought the scorecards were too close. I thought I won by a much larger margin. Again, you know, you you know, the attitude of just winning, uh, just fighting enough to win around, you know, minimally is wrong. I feel that if you want to win a round, Sal, you got to win every round convincingly. Um, yes. Even even if you have a game plan to take a fighter into the later rounds, you know, you still got to win. The, there's no reason to give away rounds. And, and I mean, no. go ask Arthur Abraham. You know, Arthur no. Abraham, uh, you know, had to learn the hard way that, you know, he can't just give up the first four rounds assuming that he's going to tire his opponents out, which, you know, very well could be a, a good strategy in a sense. But the way the judging is today, you can't gamble with that, right? No, you can't, you know. Woodfighter said, hey, I bring only two judges into the ring, my left and my right, your fists, you know. Uh, you've got to be dominant, convincing, and you know what? You don't, you don't play scorecard on your – on your uh, on your own uh, tablet to try and uh, see well what rounds can I give away what rounds can I take and where am I gonna you know come come on strong you've got to go out there every round to be looking at the opportunities to be dominant and to win that round because you never know how these judges are gonna view it and see it and uh, you know <clears throat> notwithstanding you know a corner is so important. And that's why you got to choose your cornerman very carefully, aside from your cut man and uh, your 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 objective uh, manager or whoever's in that corner looking at this fight, your trainer, and you know they've got to be objective to where that they can see how the judges might view this fight, and they've got to be able to pick apart the and, and analyze and give it in layman's terms directly to their fighter. I mean, you know what, Bill, one thing I want to, one day I hope I can have the opportunity to be a cornerman and uh, really, really uh, give my insight of what I see happening in the ring for my fighter. So, I mean, that would be a great challenge, and I would love to do that. You know, a lot of times, you know, and people that never fought don't understand this, but yeah. because people think that, you know, as a fighter, you're in the ring doing the fighting. Nobody sees things as, as well as you do, but that's really not the case. A lot of times... A good corner man, uh, a good trainer will see things that you don't, even though you're the guy in there fighting. And and a good trainer can make those adjustments uh, in between rounds as long as the fighter is willing to listen. Uh, 
in a case where a, a trainer is constantly trying to, you know, jack his fighter up and, and maybe, you know, be misleading him, it certainly doesn't help. And uh, although this fight was close and, and you, you could have given it to, to Ivan, uh, uh, you know, when you have these close fights, the word robbery shouldn't come into play. No. Uh, but uh, but the en- at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, I, Mendez won the fight. And, you know, I, you hate to see uh, a referee uh, or a judge uh, change the outcome of a fight uh, because of a mistake. And, um, you know, again, I wasn't ringside. I was watching uh, on TV. I got the luxury of uh, uh, seeing replays, and it looked to me like he did land a punch, as grazing as it was. Uh, a lot of times if a, if a fighter uh, falls from being off balance, but at the, his opponent is, happens to be landing a punch, even though it just taps him, that's a knockdown, boys and girls. It's a I mean, uh, it is what it is, you know. Uh, that's what uh, I but, saw. Uh, you know, it's almost like fighters today are trying to get too scientific with game plans. I think, you know, <laughs> we as society, I mean, in baseball – you know, uh, managers overmanage. In football, they overcoach. You know, they, they're trying to do things. You know, and now all of a sudden in boxing, it seems like they're over-strategizing. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you get in the ring and, and you fight. You want to, you know, I mean, the, the fight the, the fight game is a, is, is a brutal sport. I mean, you want to render your opponent unconscious. You know, I mean, that's the goal. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, the late, great Sam Langford, I quoted him yesterday, and, and I'll say it again today. You know, he brings his – he used to tell people, I bring my own judges, my left and my right. Those are my judges, you know. And, that's uh, right. It still rings true, right? Oh, 100% right, Bill. 100% right. That's like I said earlier. Absolutely. Um, I just want to get everybody caught up real uh, quickly. We're going to take a break here, and uh, Sal's going to go gargle with salt water. While yes, we, I uh, am. While we get uh, Larry on the phone. But um, in the uh, NBA uh, playoffs, uh, the uh, Celtics beat the Wizards 129-119 to to take a 2-to-zip series lead in that uh, playoff. Uh, and then uh, also... Uh, the Warriors beat the Jazz 106 to 94 to take a one-game lead in their series. Over in the NHL playoffs, the Rangers finally uh, got back on track. They beat the Senators four to one. Ottawa still leads that series though, two games to one. So uh, the Rangers are against the wall, and the Predators uh, beat the Blues two to one. Nashville leads that uh, series convincingly three to one. They only need one more win to uh, move on. Over in Major League Baseball. The baby bombers keep bombing opponents. The Yankees beat the Blue Jays 11-5. to uh, The Diamondbacks beat the Nationals 6-3. to The Red Sox over the Orioles 5-2. to The Tigers beat the Indians 5-2 to as well. The Pirates over the Reds 12-3. to The Rays beat the Marlins in the Battle of Florida 3-1. to The Braves beat the sad-ass Mets 9-7. to uh, The Mets now are in the cellar of the NL East. The Cubs beat the Phillies 8 to 3, the Twins over the A's 9 to 1, the Astros over the Rangers 8 to 7, the White Sox shut out the Royals 6 zip, Cardinals over the Brewers 2 to 1, Angels beat the Mariners in 11 innings 6 to 4, the Dodgers beat up on the Giants 13 to 5, and the Padres beat the Colorado Rockies 6 to 2. Hey, listen, we're going to take a short break, Sal, and uh, when we come back uh, we're going to have uh, Larry Hazard on the phone. And uh, we hope that uh, you can uh, go gargle with some salt water or something, man. I mean, you, you got a, you got a trail of tears going on here in the chat room. Everybody's uh, <laughs> uh, feeling for you. So, I don't uh, know what it is. Uh, I feel like snap I'm out of it. 
I think feel like I'm doing my impression of Pantangeli on the witness stand for the FBI. <laughs> ah, the FBI guys, they, yeah. uh, they passed me a deal. So I said, yeah, Michael Corleone did this, Michael Corleone did that. And I said, yeah, sure, but they're all lies. Now you sound like Mickey Mouse trying to do the impression. But uh, anyway, go gargle with salt, and we'll see you uh, in about a half hour. And uh, for everybody, I just want to remind you, uh, if you are watching us live, uh, right now, uh, our chat room on Billy C. Boxing, I know there's a lot of options for chat rooms, but the one on BillyCBoxing.com uh, is the one that uh, we like to uh, uh, follow uh, because uh, that's the one that uh, we can actually, uh, you know, communicate with you on. So uh, if you uh, uh, are uh, looking for a chat room to be part of uh, the show of uh, sorts, then uh, definitely uh, check out uh, the chat room in BillyCBoxing.com. Listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Larry Hazard is scheduled to join us. And I got a bone to pick with Larry Hazard. If you recall, last week, uh, the topic uh, when Larry came on was, do you believe that the Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko would live up to the hype? Both Sal and I said, yes, we do think it will live up to the hype. And my man, Larry... The New Jersey Boxing Commissioner and a Hall of Famer said he didn't think so. Can't wait to get Larry on the phone. We'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Have you heard? Proactive Plus is faster and better than ever. Stay tuned for a million bottle giveaway and you'll also receive free shipping. Do you have troubled skin? Acne? Well, we have great news. With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Don't miss this limited time offer. Give us a call at 800-567-0214 because we're going to let a million people try Proactive Plus risk-free and get two free gifts and also receive free shipping when you call right now. You heard it. This offer won't last long. So call Proactive Plus now and you'll receive a 60-day risk-free trial of Proactive Plus, two free extras, and free shipping. Call 800-567-0214. This is our exclusive radio offer, never on TV. Get your risk-free 60-day trial of Proactive Plus with free shipping. That's right, free shipping. Don't wait. Call 800-567-0214. That's 800-567-0214. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening to The Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, don't forget about getting a copy of my book. Yeah, I'm going to keep bugging you until uh, you have at least 10 copies and laying around your house. Visit our website, www.billycboxing.com, and get your copy today. Or just go to Amazon.com or uh, BarnesandNoble.com, and you can uh, surely pick up a copy there. Find out why we got a five-star rating across the board. Well, uh, joining me right now. Uh, is uh, Boxing Hall of Famer and New Jersey uh, Athletic Commissioner and my main man and a guy I got a bone to pick with, uh, Larry Hazard. What's up, Larry? Hey, what's up, Billy? 
Not too bad, my man. Not too bad. And uh, hey, let's just get right in it, Larry. Let's just get right into it. Um, this past weekend, we saw uh, what I thought was uh, one of the most entertaining uh, heavyweight fights in in a long time. And and I honestly just can't get out of my mind how you uh, were pretty vocal about how you thought it wasn't going to live up to the hype. I certainly thought it lived up to the hype. What was your thoughts on the fight, and uh, where do you think each fighter goes from here? Well, you got me on that one, Billy. You know, I thought it was going to be a boring fight. As you, as you can recall, I said, no, I think it's going to be a boring 12-round uh, fight. But, um, you know, I did think that the outcome was going to be as it was in terms of who the winner was going to be. Well, I was wrong. But you know what? I, I, I was pleasantly surprised, and this, for, to me, is a great thing for the sport because, once again, guys like you and I, who are, I think, part of a dying breed, um, we can once again debate, uh, have friendly debates on who we, what we think about a particular uh, fight without both of us knowing, going in, who the winner's going to be. And that's, that's a great thing. You know, it says a lot for the sport of boxing. It says a lot for the sport in terms of, uh, I think boxing is making a, a tremendous comeback, you know, especially with these types of fights. You know, and the, and the uh, big fights that we've, uh, we've seen uh, in the last several, in the last several major events, have been uh, fantastic events. The best are fighting the best, and I think that Joshua and Klitschko really did the sport a good uh, a good deed with that performance. Heavyweight boxing at its best, because you know, as the heavyweights go, so goes the sport of boxing. And you know, the other ironic thing that I that I noted, Klitschko put in one of the most spectacular performances that I've ever seen him uh, do in his career. You know, that was in, in a losing effort. That was one of the best um, fights that I've ever seen uh, Klitschko in. I mean, uh, in my opinion, Klitschko would have probably beaten any of the top heavyweights that are out there right now uh, with a performance like he did uh, last week. Those are tremendous. It was a classic heavyweight event. And what a build-up for a rematch, pay-per-view, a real pay-per-view event, okay, uh, in several years. I would put my stamp on, on, on this rematch. So I, I was pleasantly surprised, but I'm happy. I'm happy for the sport of boxing. Well, you know, I, I I agree with you. I mean, you know, if, if Vladimir Klitschko fought the way he fought against Anthony Joshua throughout his whole career, we'd be talking about him the way people still talk about Mike Tyson. I mean, I, you know, I think the knock on Vladimir Klitschko was the fact that his style was 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 boring. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. And although I think he could have um, thrown a few more punches, he for for him he was extremely aggressive. Uh, you know, some of the naysayers are saying, well, he's 41 years old, he's this, he's that. You know, they don't want to give Anthony Joshua credit, but I, I do give Anthony Joshua credit. He had to show us everything, Larry. I mean, he had to show us. He came up off the canvas. He was in dire straits. Uh, even when he knocked down Klitschko, 
uh, early in the fight. I mean, he barely survived that round. I mean, I, I, to tell you mm. the truth, I don't know how he did. I, he didn't hold or anything. And then he goes down the following round. And, you know, I had that fight um, uh, even, go, uh, exactly even, uh, going into the ninth round. And I remember saying to myself, geez, this fight, the outcome of this fight is going to be determined in these next four rounds. And then that's really, I mean, after all of what we saw up in, uh, until the ninth round, the fight actually started uh, really uh, going well in, in the ninth round. I mean, it was back and forth. And uh, I, I don't know if you could ask for a, a better uh, fight in the heavyweight division. And um, I agree with what you said. I, I think Klitschko beats everyone else in the division. I, I, I just, I, I've been on uh, Anthony Joshua saying he was the best heavyweight for a while now. And. You know, I think he learned a lot, uh, although I hate uh, these guys that, you know, say, oh, well, he's still learning on a job. You know, hey, he came, he got up off. Uh, kudos to him in his corner doing whatever they had to do to get him back on track, and he came out on top. And, and I don't think there's a heavyweight uh, out there today that, that's going to beat him. And and I and the, the fight that, you know, I know you want to see too, once and for all, Deontay Wilder, it's it's time for him to stop pounding his chest and telling everybody how great he is, and it's time for him to sit down with his team and say, I want to make this fight. Don't make me fight Tony Bellow. Don't make me fight some other, you know, nondescript uh, opponent. Let's go after uh, uh, Anthony Joshua. And there's, there's no embarrassment losing in a big fight like that, don't you think? There's no embarrassment whatsoever. Plus, you know, he can make it happen. If he insists that he wants Joshua, Joshua is who it's going to be. And win or lose, there's no embarrassment for either fighter. As far as Joshua learning on the job, well, I mean, you know, it is what it is. He's beaten who they put in front of him. He's proven himself now. He went right to the top, and he beat the top guy. So if he continues to learn on the job, he's earned his right to learn to learn on the job. He took out the top guy. I mean, um, Pisco's been world heavyweight champion for 11 years, topped only by Joe Lewis. Come on. What are you going to say? And as far as um, Deontay Wilder's concerned, kudos to him if he calls Klitschko out. Win or lose, he's still at the top of his game because if he loses, he loses to the top heavyweight in the world. If he wins, then he can proclaim himself to be the top guy the best guy. So, hey, come on, let's get it on. This is what this is what boxing is about, and this is what heavyweight boxing is all about. So, you know, it, it, I, I think it's time, and I think it's great, you know, for, for them to uh, push forward and try to make that match because I'm sure that's what the fans want to see. They want to see the best fighting the best. I think we saw the best, the two best heavyweight um fighters one was of course a champion the other um has every right to 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 claim uh you know being the next best guy and so we saw a terrific heavyweight fight it was a classic okay it was a classic i don't think that we've seen a heavyweight fight like that in the last 10 15 years i can remember you know tyson um lennox lewis uh, you know, there were uh, other fights that come close. You know, what came to my mind... Did I lose you, Larry? Ron, Ron Lau. 
No, I'm still here. You still here? Yeah, no, no. I, I all of a sudden you said what comes to my mind, and then I didn't hear anything. Uh, but Ron no, Lyle I against who? What, what What comes to my mind is George Foreman when he fought Ron Lyle. You remember that one? Oh, Ron Lyle. Ron Lyle was a was an Adonis. I mean, uh, he was uh, his his body. I, the first time I ever saw him walk into the ring, I was like, "Oh my God, this guy, this guy, this guy's something," you know. But uh, yeah, you know, and, and you're right. The, the the fight we've seen big fights technically, but not memorable fights like this one. Um, they're asking me in the chat room to ask you: Did you score? The fifth round, 10-8 or 10-9. Steve Farhood scored it 10-9. I'm, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you asked me that question because I, I had kind of lost my thought. I wanted to hit on that. I scored that round 10-9, okay? Because once again, it, when, you, when you come back from a knockdown to me, it's not always a home run in boxing. If you knock the fighter down, and you continue to overwhelm him in that round, then deservedly you should get the extra point, 10-8. But if he comes back, now he's getting those points back. And I certainly think in that round, Klitschko got at least a point back from that knockdown, okay, because, you know, he came back and, you know, there could be an argument made for even uh, even round in that, you know, depending on how you view knockdowns. Because a knockdown can come, you know, from a flash punch. You can go, a fighter can go down. You just can't automatically uh, score around 10-8 because a knockdown occurred. So I scored that round 10-9. I don't know how... Uh... Anthony Joshua stayed on his feet in that round. I mean, uh, he didn't hold, he didn't clinch, he didn't do anything. So, um, but uh, but the rest is is history. Now, you had mentioned that you wouldn't mind seeing a rematch. My thoughts on that is that I think that the rematch would have been called for more if if Klitschko won the fight. At this point, not only did uh, Anthony Joshua win, but he knocked out Klitschko. And I also feel that despite Klitschko being stopped and even down uh, in the fight uh, several times, I, I think he proved that he didn't have a, a, a weak chin. I, I think he proved, I mean, that uppercut alone would have, I, I thought his head was going to end up in the third or fourth row. I, I, never, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen an uppercut land with so much force from a heavyweight as, as that one did. And although it hurt Klitschko, he didn't go down from that. He went down from... Uh, that was the beginning of it, but he, he actually went down from from a right hand. But um, well, I, do you think that they they would have a, a a rematch? I mean, would you would you think that maybe Klitschko would have to fight uh, somebody else and get a win and, and then have the rematch? I mean, how, how do you how well, do you see well, that going? Well, I'm thinking like Billy. I'm thinking like a businessman now in boxing. Okay, because I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there. Although I thought David Fields did a fantastic job. Okay, but there are still a lot of people out there who thought that the fight may have been stopped a little early. So I think that to put an exclamation point on it, and I think that there's enough enthusiasm coming off of that fight. If Klitschko, you know, was to clamor for a rematch, I think that it would be a tremendous sell, you know, only for that reason. And I think, hey, look, Here's a guy who's held the champ world heavyweight championship, the crown jewel of all boxing. Okay? 
if he wants a rematch, I think that he deserves a rematch. You know, um, uh, that's that's just a bit on the personal side and coming from a business perspective. I think in fairness to Klitschko, after having held that title for 11 years, okay, one thing that I give him credit for, he did not offer up not one excuse. He said he was disappointed. He really, really wanted that win real bad, but he congratulated the winner. He didn't offer, you know, he didn't come with that famous line, you know, I'm not making up any excuses, and then comes a barrage of excuses. Right. You know, he didn't do any of that. He didn't do any of that, and I give him credit for that. Yeah, so but, I think that he deserves a rematch if he wants one. But Both fighters were class acts uh, throughout the whole uh uh, promotion of the fight and of course uh, at the end of the fight um, as a matter of fact Klitschko looked like he was a little embarrassed when uh, uh, Anthony Joshua was holding up his hand he, he was, it was almost like he wanted Anthony Joshua to get you know all the credit and uh, you know as far as uh, people thinking that that fight was stopped prematurely I, I don't know I didn't hear Klitschko uh, arguing about it That's he, right. That's he, right. he was taking but, a beating you, know, you, and, got, uh, you, you, you got this loud mouth this Kellerman and uh, a few of the other uh, brave uh, people who sit on the side, you know, that, that's, that's the one thing that HBO telecast, man. Sometimes I, wanna, I, I wish I could jump through, through the TV and snatch the mic from that, that loudmouth guy. And as much as I love my man Roy Foreman, uh, I mean, um, Roy, Roy Jones, sometimes, well, Roy's talking like a fighter, you know what I mean? So I can give Roy a pass. But this guy, Kellerman, you know, he, he, he's, he, he gets a little obnoxious sometimes with some of this crap that he says. You know, it, it will stop too soon. Well, yeah, it's stop too soon if you're, not, if you're not the guy that's getting hit with all them shots. You know. Stop too but, soon. You see, I didn't listen to that, bro. I watched the live one because we did a post-fight after. But stop too soon. He was down two times before that, you know, in, yeah, in the same yeah. round. I mean, yeah. uh, no, I don't think the fight was stopped too soon at all. And I, I, and, and after that, Larry, after that uppercut that started it, I mean, geez, Ooh. I gave him all the credit in the world for even getting up after that. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, come on. And and this kid, Anthony Joshua, can can lay some leather on you. That's that's for sure. What was what would be your thoughts of if it if this scenario went something like this? Klitschko fights a rematch with Tyson Fury, and the winner uh, fights. Uh, uh, you know, Anthony Joshua, or maybe even Klitschko fighting Deontay Wilder, and then the win. You know, uh, giving Klitschko an opportunity to to really uh, uh, clamor for a rematch with some, you know, justification other than just having it uh, outlined in a contract. Oh, that's great. That's great. Any 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 one of those scenarios that would include Klitschko if he wants it. Okay, only if he wants. Well, he's got the Any choice. Those, he get he gets yeah, to make well, the choice. Apparently, the way the contract was written. Well, I, I certainly that would get my stamp of approval. Also, any way that goes, as long as it's among those top guys, right there. Okay, and and that's good for boxing. I think. See, that's great for the sport. It takes us back to the days that we've been clamoring for, uh, Billy, where you had those that top tier of those heavyweight fighters, you know, Foreman, uh, Ali, Lyle, you know, all of those guys, Norton, you remember those days, you know, and you knew that you were going to get your money's worth out of any one of those matchups, 
the same thing when you had the, the four kings of boxing, Leonard, Hearns, Duran, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Hagler. You knew, no matter how you, how you shook it up, you were going to have a fantastic fight. And so we're back to that again with that heavyweight division if they keep stirring the pot. You know, if Klitschko stays in the mix, you got Klitschko, Wilder, Fury, you know, and some of these other guys that are out there, you know, that are claiming that they're the best, you know. So I think that, you know, if we can keep it going, you know, boxing is alive and well, you know, and it's just great. I got a great feeling about the sport once again. Well, you know, uh, what made the past eras so great was they had the dance partners, Larry. You know, Ali had Frazier and, That's and, right. and, That's right. and you know, George Foreman and Kenny Norton, et cetera, et cetera. And, and they were able, because of the talent, they were able to, you know, become great. And, and I think that with, with the fighters today, although they're trying to maneuver themselves from a business perspective better than the fighters of yesteryear, what they are failing to realize is they're not creating opportunities to go to a few dances and and really you know and the truth of the matter is is I don't think they care. I don't think they care. It's all been about the money. And the one thing I like about this kid Anthony Joshua is that he does seem to care. You know, he does seem to to be taking things in stride. Uh, and, and I, I, I can't say enough about him. I, I've been on his, uh, uh, you know, praising this kid since he turned pro. I told you to watch out for him a long time ago. He, I thought that he's had a tough um, road up. People say his his uh, uh, resume was, was weak. I disagree. I think a lot of those fighters on there were, were tough, tough guys, tougher than Wilder has faced, that's for sure. But from a trainer perspective, and after watching the fight, Anything that you would like to see Anthony Joshua work on, aside from stamina issues, do you see any holes in his game? Well, you know, there's always something. You know, the great Manny Stewart once told me, he said, you know, for every style, there's the opposite style that's, that can master that style. You know what I mean, Billy? There's the formula for every style. So, uh, even with Joshua, there's somebody out there, if they could see where the cracks and crevices are in his armor, if they could work on the, the, the style that would penetrate that, certainly he would be defeated. But that's part of the challenge. I would like to see him improve more with a jab. He's got a decent jab. He's got that height, that night. He reminds me of Muhammad Ali, a young Muhammad Ali body structure. You know what I mean? He's well-proportioned. I mean, he's got the right height. You know, he, he's got the, the body mass. You know, uh, he, he has a tremendous body mass index, I'm sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if he, if he just improves on his jab, his foot movement, you know, utilizing the ring, I mean, this guy could become, he could become a very, very, very outstanding uh, heavyweight champion. You, you know, you know and, and if his head doesn't get too big. No, it, well, that seems like it's not, you know, uh, although that ring walk was something spectacular. But, uh, uh, you know, if, if you know how we're always talking about time machines, if somebody had a time machine, you know who I think would fare well against him, even though um, he's uh, so much bigger? A guy like Evander Holyfield. And the reason why I say that 
is because you could hurt Evander, but nobody had recuperative powers as quick and as and as strong as, as Evander did. And I could see him uh, fighting a kid like Anthony Joshua and letting Joshua tire himself out and then all of a sudden reach from wherever Evander used to reach from and uh, and really put a whooping on, on him. And, and the truth of the matter is, is Klitschko had him right where Evander would have finished him. And Klitschko, whether he was getting tired himself or whether he just wasn't aggressive enough or mean enough, he could have finished him in that in that round, uh, in that fifth round, and and he didn't. And uh, by letting him survive, and then again he could have finished him when he dropped them in the sixth. But um, I, you know he let him off the hook. But uh, hey, hey, we're running out of time. I, I want to ask you today's topic, uh, Larry, is this? You know, I have this funny feeling about the big fight this weekend. And I, I just, you know, I think that Canelo, uh, you know, he chose this, this easier path, uh, what seemingly to be easier, uh, you know, the marination process of trying to get the bigger money for Triple G, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you know, on the heels of his famous line, us Mexicans don't F around and all of this crap. And he certainly hasn't uh, fought anybody uh, too, too tough since then. Um, but but I, I have this strange feeling that Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Uh, is going to upset the apple cart uh, this weekend. Could you see that happening? I can see it happening. I don't particularly think that it might happen, but I could see it happen um, mainly because I think that um, Alvarez may underestimate uh, Chavez. And um, like you say, you know, he's got this bragging, you know, this attitude, okay, but uh, I, I, I also, I'm not going to be like the last one. I think that this is, this is going to be a fight that uh, is going to have us talking about it again next week. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, it, I got it going in as a toss-up. You know, yeah. I'm, I, I've never been a great um, Alvarez fan. You know, he's a lot of hype behind him. You know, uh, Floyd showed you that he can, you know, that he can be he can be had and uh so i got i got going in you know i, I really don't know who's going to win it i give chavez a, a tremendous uh chance in this fight well you know what floyd showed is that you know if you have movement you, you could pose some trouble for uh for for canelo he also showed yeah. us that canelo can't you know move in and land significant punches on his opponent he's getting none of that from chavez and i think that chavez's strength is Canelo's biggest weakness. Canelo has a tendency to have to stand in front of his opponent to let his hands go for effectively. And Chavez, he does one thing, and that works. He works the body, and I, I just think he, that the fight right. is going to be. I think people, and plus he's so much bigger, and uh, I don't think Canelo's going to hurt him. And I think that uh, I, I think we're we're going to be talking next week and be going, oh my God, what you know now what you know. So uh, we'll oh, see yeah. what happens. Yeah. Well, I agree. I agree. Um, and, you know, uh, Chavez, you know, he likes the body. And, you know, I like those guys. that They like the, that body work. You know, that body, uh, a greater sense of appreciation for body punching is, is returning to boxing. I mean, and, and, and uh, Chavez, like his father, you know, and your Sean Porters, you know, they, they are really uh, doing body punching a great service in sport of boxing. So we'll see what happens Saturday night. 
Hey, Larry, I appreciate you uh, joining us today, and we'll certainly be looking forward uh, to next week, my man. Okay, buddy. I look forward to it. I'll take care now. Enjoy the fight. Enjoy the fight, my man. Oh, you too. You too, Billy. All right. Take care. That's uh, Boxing Hall of Famer uh, Larry Hazard uh, giving us his thoughts on uh, uh, on the Anthony Joshua of Vladimir Klitschko fight. And, and as you heard, uh, he uh, uh, is inclined to see a rematch. And, uh, I, you know, I mean, I think that uh, uh, I think that uh, <clears throat> Klitschko definitely deserves uh, a rematch. Uh, I certainly uh, uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't not want to see it. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, I would also like to see uh, Vladimir Klitschko possibly um, get another uh, another W uh, when uh, when that happens, you know, for, before that happens. You know, I mean, uh, that's what uh, I personally would like to see. But then again, who, who am I? Right. Who am I? But uh, listen, uh, coming up uh, in a minute or two, we got uh, Alex Propali uh, joining us. We're going to be doing our blast from the past. Uh, it features uh, Carlos Zarati. Uh, so make sure you uh, stick around for that. And then uh, we got uh, uh, Sal uh, Rocky Senecola joining us again uh, here in a couple minutes. And, and I have several emails. Now, I don't know if we're going to be able to get to all of them today uh, due to time constraints. Uh, but uh, if you sent us an email and we don't get to read it today, rest assured we will uh, read it on tomorrow's show. And speaking of today... Uh, the return of the trivia question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sick of getting harassed in the chat room. Uh, I won't mention his name, but his initials are Kevin. And, uh, you know, he keeps uh, harassing me about the trivia question. Well, it's going to be back today. And what's on the line is a copy of the Title Belt Championship computer game, which is going to be supporting and sponsoring our next segment, uh, which uh, Alex Papali. Uh, is going to join me on here uh, in a, a moment. So, uh, listen, I'm going to take a short break, uh, and uh, when I get back, uh, we will uh, be talking about uh, Carlos Zarati, and uh, we will uh, keep you posted, and I'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Have you heard? Proactive Plus is faster and better than ever. Stay tuned for a million bottle giveaway, and you'll also receive free shipping. Do you have troubled skin, acne? Well, we have great news. With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal, and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Don't miss this limited time offer. Give us a call at 800-567-0214, because we're going to let a million people try Proactive Plus risk-free and get two free gifts and also receive free shipping when you call right now. You heard it. This offer won't last long. So call Proactive Plus now and you'll receive a 60-day risk-free trial of Proactive Plus, two free extras, and free shipping. Call 800-567-0214. This is our exclusive radio offer, never on TV. Get your risk-free 60-day trial of Proactive Plus with free shipping. That's right, free shipping. Don't wait. Call 800-567-0214. That's 800-567-0214. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. Hey, 
and we're back. You're listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could join us. And uh, it's that time again right now. It's uh, time for our uh, blast from the past. And this week's blast from the past is being sponsored by KOFantasyBoxing.com. Check it out, www.KOFantasyBoxing.com. Join it today. And as well as uh, the Title Bout Championship computer game. Get yourself a copy. Uh, Just visit our website, www.BillyCBoxing.com. And click on the title bout championship computer game banner, which is right there on the uh, right-hand side. And uh, today's uh, blast from the past, uh, as per request uh, from one of you guys, our listeners and viewers, is uh, former world champion and boxing hall of famer Carlos Zarate. And joining me right now to tell us all about uh, Carlos Zarate is my man Alex Perpali. What's up, Alex? Good morning, Billy C. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, thank you. I'm doing well. Uh, Carlos Zarate, what what a what a fighter he was. Is was yeah, was. Is, He's still with us, but I mean uh during his day, I meant. Oh, absolutely. This is definitely uh a one uh serious fighter, uh a great Mexican fighter uh since we are honoring Mexican fighters this week. Uh it's an appropriate blast to do and um uh even though we got to see uh the big men this past weekend um boxing beautifully uh well at least brutally if not beautifully uh it's usually the lighter weights that uh give the most thrills in this sport and uh this guy's a bantamweight and uh the bantamweights are always uh traditionally pretty awesome yeah uh and uh not only that uh but uh he was exciting too a guy that uh, a guy that had as many knockouts uh as uh he did uh, of of his 66 fights 63 uh, tell us about this guy, man. Absolutely, yeah. He's definitely not um, not a, uh, a careful stylist or anything. He's a bruiser. Uh, but yeah, Carlos Zarate uh, or Zarate or Zarate, I don't know. Uh, but uh, he was born May 23rd, 1951 in uh, Tapito, Mexico. Uh, he was the youngest of eight children. Uh, he was five foot eight inches tall and he fought at 118 and 122, so that's bantam weight and uh, junior featherweight. Um, he never knew his dad, uh, who died of pneumonia when Carlos was uh, just a toddler. Uh, his mom, uh, Luz Zarate, uh, raised him, and uh, she made sure that uh, you know he got a good education. But uh, Carlos was in, uh, trouble in school. He liked fighting more than books, and. Uh, so he got into boxing, and it was very soon that he remembered, uh, realized that uh, he was a tremendous puncher. Um, and he went, uh, had a 33 and a 0 record as an amateur with 30 knockouts. Uh, there was one man who had claimed to have beaten him, but it was a sketchy uh, um, sort of records about it. So uh, he might have had one defeat as an amateur, but uh, he was a Golden Gloves champion of Mexico. And uh, they called him Classy Carlos. Uh, he was an except, exceptional boxer and a major puncher, but uh, he crushed stereotypes. He wasn't, um, you know, this flashy, loud um, Mexican slugger, uh, you know, type aggressive guy. He was more refined. Uh, he actually, he even tried to um, institute a rule of no spitting in the gym. 
he was a methodical technician, um, coolly confident, and uh, he was an exceptional boxer with uh, really fast, instinctive moves. But uh, everything about him was low key. You know, you know when I when I when I look at him and remember him, I mean, uh, you know, it's <laughs> the sad part, Alex, is we're talking about blast from the past. That I remember, like if it was yesterday when these guys fought. But you know, at the time, I, I thought he, uh, in my opinion, I, I thought he brought excitement back to the bantamweight division because prior to him, um, you know, uh, like Ruben Olivares was was a big name uh, in that division, and and during. Uh, Carlos uh, Zarate's uh, uh, career, uh, you know, he was beating uh, really top quality guys, especially when, when he had his championship run and he made all those successful title defenses. But unfortunately, a lot of casual fans probably never heard of uh, some of these guys that, that he fought and beat. You'd have to go all the way, uh, fast forward his career all the way to uh, 1978 when he actually came up short against Wilfredo Gomez, but that was kind of on the tail end of his first career, right? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I think that you do find about, um, uh, you know, Mexican greats is that, uh, you know, for a while they fight uh, solely in Mexico and uh, they become a regional star, um, and that was certainly the case. You know, the uh, he, was a, he was very big in Mexico. He was big in... Um, you know, Southern California, and um, actually in 77, the Battle of the Z's, his fight uh, was a non-title fight, a 10-rounder with Alfonso Zamora was um, was a really big matchup um, that even, like, before the, uh, the, like you said, the Gomez, the loss to Gomez, that was a big fight, and of course that was the uh, Puerto Rico versus Mexico clash. But before that, he had fought uh, just the year before in 77. He fought uh, Alfonso Zamora. They had been stablemates, and they were once managed by a guy named Arturo Cuyo Hernandez. But he split with Zamora when Zamora's father uh, became too involved. That's in quotes, you know, the old air quotes. Um, but they sort of were close to each other because it's being stable mates a bit of a rivalry some bad blood between them they uh at, at points uh zarte fought on uh, undercards of zamora he knocked out a guy named joe guevara on an undercard and, and uh broke some of his teeth broke his broke his jaw knocked some teeth loose and um eventually they fight they they did fought fight um, and uh, it was a non-title fight, unfortunately, um, but it didn't matter because both of them were ridiculous punchers with ridiculous um, knockout percentages. At the time, uh, Zamora was 28-0 with 28 KOs, and um, Zarate was 46-0 with 45 KOs. Uh, it took over a year to finally put the fight together. It was. It seemed like contractionally they had problems, um, but uh, it was called, dubbed as the Battle of the Z's. I put it in the um, the uh, shows Blast from the Past. I mean the sites, the websites Blast from the Past section there, and uh, it's a tremendous fight. Uh, it's just a shootout, and uh, Billy C. It has um, a couple. You know, this is one of the things I love about the Blast is uh, history repeats and you see uh, you know how we had the crazy fan man 
well in the Zarate uh, Zamora fight in the first round. All of a sudden, there's this guy who climbs into the ring. It was an absolutely insane atmosphere. Every now and then, you hear explosions. The crowd was uh, really wild. They had fireworks. And on two occasions, uh, there were intruders into the ring. In the first round, a guy comes into the ring and just sort of stops there and looks at everybody. He said later that God made him do it. But uh, he's quickly tackled by riot police and dragged out. And then I guess later, during in between rounds, somebody else tried to get in. Uh, but it was only it only went four rounds. It's a shootout. Uh, Zarate knocks Zamora out, and he they throw in the towel, uh, and the towel lands right on Zamora's face. It's real dramatic. And then Zamora's father leaps into the ring and charges across the ring to go after uh, Arturo Cuyo Hernandez, who's in the other corner, uh, who the, he still has bad blood with him, and then that uh, little fracas is tried, is quelled. But uh, just a crazy fight. You know, usually when people do crazy stuff, they say the devil made me do it. This guy, this guy is, uh, this guy's throwing uh, the big guy under the bus, you know. But uh, you know, well, he's a monotheist. <laughs> yeah, you know. But uh, I, uh, I, you know, when, when I didn't suggest that he didn't fight tough fighters, I, I just meant that um, to anybody that's shaking their head at me right now, I just meant that some of the names weren't as. Uh, known today as Wilfredo right. Gomez. Yeah, they're definitely not world world known guys. They must have been um, uh, Mexican uh, badasses. Well, when he won the title, uh, you know, he beat uh, Rodolfo Martinez, who was a well known fighter. I mean, people, you know, diehard fans have heard of him, and you know, he did make a bunch of title defenses. But the big names, you know, were Rodolfo Martinez when he won the title, Paul Ferreri uh, in 1976. Uh, um, also, uh, Danilo Batista was a, uh, an undefeated fighter that he made quick work of here in the States. And then uh, Andres Hernandez uh, was also a, a very well-established fighter, uh, which led up to the uh, Wilfredo Gomez fight uh, in uh, 1978. Uh, he did uh, uh, win the title again, uh, which I, I find it uh, kind of strange how that happened. I mean... Um, uh, well, actually what it was, was he, uh, he had the, uh, he had the Bantamweight title and he challenged, uh, Wilfredo Gomez for, for his super Bantamweight belt. He retained his own, cause I was, you know, as I'm looking through his, uh, resume, I see that next thing you know, he's fighting a one in four guy for the title. I'm like, wait a minute, how did that happen? But I realize now that he uh, maintained his title. He actually didn't lose it until 1979 when uh, Lupe Pintor uh, beat him. And, and then he actually retired for seven years and made a, uh, a comeback and, and got another, uh, not one, but two shots at the title. Yeah, and it's funny because that, that's where I first remember uh, hearing of him, uh, his comeback, because um, I first got into boxing right at the end of 1985, um, and uh, so in 86, I can remember reading about uh, Zarate and, and watching some of his fights. And I remember seeing the, uh, the Zaragoza fight live. Um, but yeah, that Lupe Pintor fight, um, that really was devastating for him. Uh, it was a split decision loss that he really thought he won. Um, he, he just stayed in the ring for a while afterwards and eventually left. Uh, as if, you know, the longer he stayed in there, maybe they'd say, oh, wait, we got something wrong, but that never happened. 
he just sort of, you see him in the video just sort of walking around the ring with his mouth open. Uh, he was stunned. He lost that fight. I don't believe it. I, I won't ever believe it was the quote from him. Uh, he just felt it that he was robbed. But uh, And unfortunately, that's, that's one of the things that's sort of interesting about him is that, um, you know, we always like to look at uh, the record against other Hall of Famers. Um, his is not so hot against other Hall of Famers. Uh, against Wilfred Go Wilfredo Gomez, he's 0-1, and he lost by knockout. Against Zaragoza, it's, he's 0-1, uh, also by knockout. By to, to Fennec, he's 0-1, although that was more from cuts. You know how Fennec was, uh, and Zarte was getting old, so it could very much be that you know his skin was starting to fail him that at that point. And he was 0-1 against Pintor, even though it was controversial. Um, so against the four Hall of Famers he fought, he lost to all four of them. Uh, Alfonso Zamora is not in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, it's it's amazing to see a fighter, and, and we talk about age, right? His last fight, he was 37 years old against Daniel Saragusa and uh, never came back. So really by today's standards, I mean, we see fighters fighting well past uh, their late 30s. And to suggest that, uh, in 1979, when he lost to Lupe Pintor, he took seven years off. Uh, so, so really, it could have been some of the best years of his career uh, if he continued, if, if he didn't take that fight so personally. Because it seems to me, you know, uh, he's 37. When he retires, he takes seven years off. I don't need to take my socks and shoes off to figure that he was only 30 years old. I mean, uh, he could have uh, uh, continued, but the mental part of it, I guess he couldn't get jacked up. What did he do in those seven years? Do you know? Uh, not really. That's the thing that's unfortunate about him is that I have very little info about him outside of uh, boxing. Uh, one, I do have one quote, actually. He said, I was in the gym regularly all those years, staying in shape. I have not disgraced the name of Carlos Zarate. Uh, so he, um, yeah, he, he stayed in shape. He, he was away from the sport, but he wasn't that far away from the gym, at least. Well, when he came back, he uh, uh, climbed the ladder again. He, he, he did have somewhat of a more modern uh, rise uh, back to a title shot. Uh, fighting uh, some obscure opponents in, until he was uh, uh, ranked enough. And like you mentioned, he fought uh, Jeff Fennick in 1987, again, for a bigger, uh, in a bigger weight class than what he was so successful at uh, due to the cuts. Uh, Jeff Fennick uh, was a kind of uh, a hard guy not to get cut against, uh, ended up losing, going to the scorecards uh, just in time for uh, Fennick to win, and uh, followed that fight um, several months later with another shot uh, at the uh, world title against Saragusa and uh, loses by knockout uh, and, and hangs him up uh, for good. What did he do after uh, boxing, Alex? Yeah, that's just said. I don't know. Uh, I do believe he was, he had a son who was involved in boxing, uh, appropriately named Carlos Zarate Jr. And uh, he fought for a while. However, even he has retired. Uh, he suffered a stoppage uh, defeat in his last fight, uh, although it seemed like it was mainly for due to a shoulder injury. Uh, so I guess he was involved in his son's um, uh, training. Uh, one thing I did catch, uh, I got a whole bunch of windows open here, and you're right, after we talked yesterday, I should watch that. Because one wrong move, and who knows what happens. 
Um, but uh, I noticed them talking in the uh, chat room. Uh, one thing that we should mention when we talk about uh, being 49-0 and 0 and how great that is, having that O, uh, Carlos Zarate was 52-0 and 0 when he picked up his first defeat uh, to Wilfredo Gomez. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind that uh, uh, especially us Americans, um, you know, we've had this diet of advertising uh, since, what, the 40s, uh, that uh, our memories are real short and the latest and the greatest can convince you of things. And I think that that's something to keep in mind that, um, uh, yeah, 49-0 and 0 is a great record, but um, other people have um, had that milestone. Yeah, well, no. the 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 issue with the record is to know is to retire like that. You know, I, I mean that that's that's the joke of it. That's what that's what gets me so enraged when people throw that in my face uh, about uh, Floyd and even uh, Rocky Marciano. What made the 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 record for Rocky Marciano stand out and and have people even start talking about it was because he was a heavyweight and no heavyweight ever made it that far because heavyweights careers generally aren't uh that long you know so um you know and then julio Cesar chavez jr i think i mean a senior didn't he fight 70 or 80 times before he lost uh sugar ray robinson same thing i mean uh you know you got these guys that uh, that fought many, many. A uh, coach has a whole list of these guys that that uh, surpassed uh, uh, forty nine and zero by by a landslide. You know, so uh, you're right about the perception. But uh, uh, how good was uh, Carlos Zarate in terms of recognition? Well, uh, there's a big list of uh, awards this guy got. Uh, Ring Fighter of the Year in 1977, greatest bantamweight of all time by the Ring Magazine in 1994. Uh, the Ring Magazine said he was the late 11th greatest fighter of the last 50 years in 1996. The Associated Press named him uh, uh, and Ruben Alvarez as uh, co-best uh, bantamweight fighters of the century in 1999. And uh, uh, the Ring uh, labeled him the 21st greatest puncher of all time uh, as recent as 2003. And I, I think a guy that retires with a ninety percent knockout ratio should definitely be regarded as a as an as a big puncher, don't you think? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, the fact that it was a bantamweight doesn't matter. I mean, that's the thing about uh, boxing is that's what weight classes are all about. Um, you you don't have to be six six two fifty to be a knockout artist, although it helps. Um, but, uh, yeah, he uh, was certainly a great one in terms of all-time bantamweights. Uh, Ibro ranks him at uh, sixth all-time. Sixth all-time is bantamweight? Yeah. Who did I have in front of him? Uh, um, I closed that window. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> guys. You closed that window? Oh, okay. All right. All right. Six, uh, five other guys. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I, got I got you. How did he do in uh, title bout, my man? Uh, he did very well, actually. Well, he uh, well he did he did all right. Okay, so I put him in against two different guys. I put him in against um, uh, the best uh, bantamweight in the world right now, uh, Shinsuke Yamanaka. And the first time they fought, um, Yamanaka was down in round number six, and down again in round number eleven. Uh, and Zarate ends up winning a uh, unanimous decision. 
Uh, the scores were 116 to 106, 117 to 105, and 115 to 108. When they then fight 100 times, Zarate comes out on top, 79 victories, 18 defeats, 3 draws, 70 big wins by knockout, and uh, in his 18 victories, Yamanaka scored 10 knockouts. Um, then I put him in because he did fight for Junior Featherweight uh, Championship as well. Um, I put him in against uh, the number one guy at that weight class, which, of course, is Cuba's Guillermo Rigando. Uh, when they fight the first time, Rigando wins the unanimous decision. Uh, the scores were 116-113, 117-112, and 117-113. When they go at it 100 times, Rigando comes out on top. Uh, Zarte wins 46, loses 52. There's two draws, and he, uh, Carlos scored, Classy Carlos scored 29 knockouts. Of his 52 victories, 18 were by knockout for Rigando. Wow, I'm uh, well. You know what, Rigando is a is a good fighter. I mean, uh, um, that doesn't uh, that doesn't surprise me as much as uh, I would think. Do you have any other uh, final thoughts on uh, Mr. Carlos Zarate? No, I just uh, if uh, if anybody out there knows um, what he's doing now, um, email Billy C because uh, I'd be curious. I it doesn't uh, I I couldn't find any articles. He's probably uh, still looking around for Lupe Pintor, you know. I mean, <laughs> and a yeah. coach, coach is saying in the chat room that uh, Lupe Pintor actually publicly stated that he thought he lost that fight, which is uh, pretty much oh, wow. uh, that's nice. pretty uh, that's some big kudos for uh, uh, for Carlos Zarate. But uh, great job as usual, Alex. Carlos Zarate, our blast from the past this week. He was a former world bantamweight champion. Uh, he was also a uh, former super. Bantamweight world title challenger. Uh, he had a career record. He fought 70 fights, uh, 298 rounds. He had a career record of 66 wins, 63 coming by knockout, uh, which was a 90% knockout ratio. He did have four losses in which he was stopped uh, only two times. Um, one uh, uh, in his last fight against Zaragoza and the other against uh, Wilfredo Gomez. So uh, nothing uh, to be uh, embarrassed about there. His other two losses was the uh, uh, technical decision of Jeff Fennick and, of course, the Lupe Pintor fight uh, that we were talking uh, about earlier. So a uh, great job as usual. Alex Carlos Zorati, uh, if you, you have any uh, uh, requests, uh, and we do have some uh, stacked up, but uh, get your guy in there. Drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G. Dot com And Alex, before we let you go, uh, today's uh, topic, uh, at least uh, for me, is, is about the situation uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, and, you know, everybody is uh, pretty much picking uh, Canelo Alvarez to, to beat uh, Chavez. And, and, and most are thinking it's going to be an easy fight. I don't. Uh, I actually am, am, I haven't made my official pick, but I'm actually really starting to think that something's going to happen that Chavez Jr. might uh, might win this fight. I I just think that the styles, you know, we hear this all the time, styles make fights. Um and the styles here, uh I think favor Chavez uh should he uh have trained the way he says he has. What's your thoughts? Well, I tell you if um he definitely has the proverbial puncher's chance and um you know, I think just in terms of uh 
sheer, uh, you know, family pride. Uh, he's certainly going to give it his all. Um, but I, I just think that um, in terms of skill, Alvarez has it all over him. Um, although, you know, skill, uh, skill got its ass kicked uh, this past weekend in Anthony Joshua versus Klitschko. Um, you know, Klitschko certainly uh, showed that well, why he held the title for so long. But I think in, in most cases, skill wins the day, uh, especially when you have somebody who has so many problems with conditioning like Julio Cesar Chavez. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, he's much taller than Canelo. He's 6'1 to, to Canelo's 5'9". Um, but the, the weight and conditioning is really going to be an issue. Um, we'll learn a lot on the, when they get on the scales. When you see videos um, of, and I did not watch, unfortunately, the um, the HBO little promo thing. However, that's usually filmed so far out, it wouldn't give you a good uh, barometer of how, uh, how Chavez looks now taking the weight off. But in a couple of the pictures I've seen from like the last week or two, he looks emaciated. Um, I mean, he looks like in a prison camp type uh, dried out. Um, that's not a good sign. I think those body shots of Alvarez were gonna, were, are going to break him down. Uh, but you're right. He absolutely has a puncher's chance. But remember, you know, Sergio Martinez won every single round up until the 12th. Um, so I, I do think that we might see uh, a similar thing where Alvarez just really outboxes his ass from the opening bell. But that's my whole issue. Alvarez is not effective on the move. And, and, and I think if he stands in front of Chavez, Chavez works the body himself pretty well. So uh, uh, and I think you're, you're, you're 100% right. If uh, you know Chavez claims that he's lost the weight right, I did see a picture uh, of him yesterday uh, that uh, he looks extremely thin. And, um, you know, you're right. If, if he's been starving himself, he's going to be zapped the energy and uh, maybe not make the, the final bell. But, uh, you know, with all the trash talking that uh, Canelo has made, not only for this particular fight, but, you know, just his uh, maneuvering and how he's the best and the biggest name, et cetera, et cetera, um, he better be able to live up to it because he certainly hasn't lived up to the last things that still ring in my head about uh, – us Mexicans don't uh, f around, you know, and uh, what's he done ever since? Uh, nothing but f around, but uh, right. And, and I think that, like we saw this past weekend, that there is that sort of uh, there's a ceremonial aspect to our sport. It is, you know, spectacle. Um, and I think that that sort of for for Canelo to get a great big win over another. Uh, Mexican fighter that will mean a lot just like we just talked about in the blast from the past when you know there needs to be that ceremonial changing of the guard that's how we do it in our sport uh, you fight uh, when Zaragoza beat uh, Carlos Zarate in his last fight you know there was some there was significance to that that could be what we see this weekend where Alvarez just beats up uh, this other great Mexican and um, just receives the accolades for that it's going to be a big uh, festival uh, day there fest uh, with the uh, Cinco de Mayo and both fighters being Mexican. So, Alex, great job. We'll be looking forward to you uh, later in the week, my man. All right, Billy C. Take care. 
that's Alex Papali doing a great job uh, with the blast from the past. And uh, uh, we look forward to next week, which uh, I don't have who it is in front of me. But don't forget, if you want uh, your guy, just drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And uh, we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today, and uh, we're glad we're with you guys today. Uh, Don't forget about Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on beautiful St. Simons Island, Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com, or just click the gigantic banner that Jeremy C. I think Sal and uh, Jeremy C. got a little business going on in the side because uh, uh, I looked at the website this morning. I was like, oh my, wait a minute, where, where's my stuff? All I see is Sal Rocky Senecola's, uh poster there, and speaking of Sal, uh, he's with me now uh, again. Sal, well, what did you do, slip uh, Jeremy a few coins or what? I'm with you. <laughs> no, no. It was uh, nothing short of just a nice detailed conversation as I was gargling with uh, my, my quart of coffee. There you go. There you go. Hey, listen, we got some emails. Let's try and get the emails uh, uh, finished today as we wrap it yes, up. Sir. I got the trivia question coming up. But first and foremost, this one's from Jesse. He says, hey, Billy C. and Sal. He says, uh, Billy, do we know how many pay-per-view buys were made in the Joshua versus Vlad fight? Is there such a thing as a granite chin in a heavyweight division with all that power? Um, you know, here in the States, we saw it on uh, Showtime and HBO. And I'm not sure uh, about the pay-per-view uh, buys in England, but I think Dax said uh, when he was on uh, Monday, uh, 1.3 million, I think, or maybe 1.6 was definitely over a million. So they wow. did very well. And that's a good point about the heavyweight division because in the heavyweight division, most of the time, at least 95% of the time, any heavyweight can knock out any other heavyweight uh, at any given time. So I, I, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess a fighter that, that takes shots uh, would have to say they have a granite chin. And, and I, I don't know about you, uh, Sal, but uh, watching uh, uh, Vladimir Klitschko take that uppercut from Anthony Joshua, and then actually Alex Papali sent me a still of that right after uh, the, the punch, and it almost looked like it was Photoshopped. The, the, Klitschko's neck was ex- he looked like a giraffe. But uh, I think you, it's safe to say he has a solid chin, don't you think? Oh, I think it's more than safe to say that. I'm just glad it's wasn't in between his teeth yeah well uh they would have been spit out on the canvas if it was but uh he says hey billy uh now that we're uh getting close to chavez canelo what are the boxing skills that chavez has to bring to the fight that may confuse canelo uh more head movement and some type of angles how do you see the card overall i like the card uh, the Jojo Diaz fight's going to be a tough one. Uh, I, I think the card uh, is going to be an entertaining one. As far as the skills, I don't think that Chavez brings anything that Canelo 
is going to be shocked at. But I do think that, and I've been saying this all along, I do feel that uh, Canelo's strengths, um, or let me rephrase that, uh, Chavez's strengths uh, is exactly how Canelo fights. So, uh, you know what? I think Alex just made a great point. If uh, Chavez actually lost the weight that he needed to, to to make the weight for this fight the right way, uh, I think we're going to see an upset. If he's had to really starve himself, he's going to be weak and uh, run out of gas at some point, and Canelo come out on top. He says, uh, how do you see the Marco Antonio Parabon versus Anvili Yildrum? Uh, both guys carry power. Uh, both guys go for power shots. Parabon has more uh, uh, boxing skill than uh, Anvili. I think it's an even fight, to be honest with you. Yildrum, uh, uh, Marco Antonio Parabon... Uh, is a, is a decent fighter. I, I think they've both fought similar opposition, so uh, I, I think I'm just going to say it's fitty-fitty. But uh, he says, Billy, IBF ordered eliminator uh, title fight between Torino Johnson and Devonchenko. That's a hell of a fight. Winner, I believe, will go after uh, the champion, uh, Triple G. Um, you know, Torino Johnson uh, busted onto the scene with his great performance against uh, Curtis Stevens. And Curtis Stevens ended up winning that fight uh, with a late stoppage. Uh, but since then, he hasn't really done much, um, at least in, in terms of fighting top-notch opposition. I liked him. I was really high on him. Uh, so I hope uh, that he's able to uh, move forward uh, as far as getting a, a fight with Triple G, Sal. You know, that's the problem. These guys fighting now in these eliminator fights, they come out of nowhere, fight an eliminator fight. So in a sense, they're fighting one challenging fight and that's getting them a world title fight that's a little too quick in my opinion i believe you're right <clears throat> and i feel wow i feel the same way thank you very much yeah <laughs> short-winded uh that's good that's good because uh, i got I, I i got some uh i got other emails that'll give me a chance to catch up on them here my man but uh, my uh let's see um joel has a question for sal he All says right, uh no. sal I was wondering, uh, besides your own delicious pizza, uh, do you maintain a healthy eating habit? And if not anymore, what did your diet consist of when you were boxing professionally? He says, I know some athletes maintain healthy eating year-round, while some only become serious when they have an upcoming fight. He says, as for you, Billy C., we already know that you eat grilled chicken and drink water uh, with your six-pack abs, so I don't need to ask you what you eat. You know, I, I'm, I'm sensing a little uh, Galeone wow. busting here, yeah, uh, you know, from, John, from uh, Joel. So uh, answer, <laughs> answer the question there, gargle man. I tell you, I'm going to go gargling today. But um, <clears throat> I actually uh, adhere to a fairly decent diet. I do have a slice of pizza or two every day, but I do have salads. I do have lean fish, and I do eat vegetables. Love my vegetables. And um, I probably drink a little bit more uh, club soda than I should, but I take it in as water. Um, I'll drink a soda once in a blue moon. Otherwise, it's Gatorade or things like that. Um, I do eat pasta, don't get me wrong. But again, when I was fighting, I adhered to a very strict diet. Uh, comprised of complex carbohydrates. Well, we just lost Sal. And, uh, oh, there we are. We got you. You got me now. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Trying to mute my mute. Okay. No, no, no. I think uh, I think there's some issues with uh, 
with the stream. My voice. <laughs> no, I uh, <clears throat> I did adhere to a perfect balance of maybe seventy percent complex carbohydrates, twenty percent protein, and ten percent fat. I adhered to that strictly, and uh, my protein consisted of um, mostly fish, chicken, and uh, steak once in a while, and some uh, beans and things of that nature, and whole wheat bread. But the complex carbohydrates played a great, great factor into my energy level and uh, uh, my endurance, as well as fat. You need fat. You need to eat fat. So my, my diet was strict along a 70% complex carbohydrates, 20% protein, and 10% fat. And I, I did that every day with grams uh, and counting, and I was very, very strict. And I did have a lean body mass. I mean, even in the uh, Cleveland Clinic, the doctors wanted to put me in the tank, the water tank and the calipers. I came up in the uh, calipers about 3% body fat at one time, and the water tank was actually 2.5. So I was as about as lean and about as mean as you can get. Sounds and uh, Go ahead. No, I said that it sounds good, and uh, uh, I'm glad you said eating fat is good because that puts me in a good it, spot. It is. It's good. You know, you got to have a little fat. I got two you know, like I said. I got two more emails I want to try and get through as, uh, as we're running Go. out of time here, Sal. Uh, uh, this one's from our man, uh, Cutman Micarella. He says, uh, hey, Billy C. and Sal. He says, uh, I just want to check in with you guys and give you my thoughts on the fights this past weekend. I was surprised at how much Klitschko uh, had left in the tank against Joshua. If he threw any body shots at all uh, when he had Joshua hurt, he could have finished him off. But because he was headhunting, Joshua was able to recover and get back into the fight. Joshua has a lot of potential and will be competitive with Wilder, Parker, and Ortiz. As far as this weekend's fight, I think Chavez has a chance if he makes weight and listens to the game plan from Bernstein. Uh, and lastly, look for me back in the ring in July where I'll be working the corner for Luis Colazzo against the ever-tough TBA. He says, I really enjoy your show. You guys do a great job breaking down the fights. All the best, Mike. Uh, well, thank you, Mike, and uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, we appreciate you uh, uh, watching, and uh, certainly uh, we'll be watching you uh, when you're in uh, Colazzo's corner. And the last email I got here, Sal, is from uh, a blast from the past in himself. Mark Parmalay used to uh, do some reporting for us, uh, and uh, he says, Hey, Billy C., it's been a while since I emailed you, but I had to share my views after the uh, Klitschko-AJ fight. He says it was a brilliant fight and more than lived up to its hype. Uh, nights like that are exactly what this sport needs. Uh, let's just hope it's the start of a resurgence in this heavyweight division. I've always been a big fan of AJ, and that fight was precisely what he needed. He answered the questions about his chin and showed that he has the heart needed to be a great champion. However, it also raised some serious questions about his stamina and movement. AJ stormed out in the fifth round, clearly looking to finish the fight. Threw everything he had at Vlad. Uh, he did the exact same thing in a Dillian White fight. He gasses out and leaves nothing in the tank. If his opponent doesn't hit the canvas or gets up off the canvas, AJ finds himself in some trouble. Also, the lack of lateral movement was clear to see, especially when he stood opposite Vlad, who was constantly on his toes and moving his head from side to side. Against a skilled opponent, he's a sitting duck and will take unnecessary punishment. Uh, my first immediate question is, Who's more skilled out there than Vlad? But anyway, uh, he says, we got to see these uh, areas improved on and fast. Just imagine uh, the hell would have to endure if AJ does all the hard work collecting the rest of the belts only for Wilder to beat him 
with a fluke knockout in unified division, for me, that would be tragic. For me, too, Mike. Um, <laughs> I could have a uh, sense of that. Anyway, uh, uh, Mark, I'm sorry. I said um, Mike. Uh, he says, uh, do you think we'll uh, see big enough improvements to him to correct these areas or will he be too reliant on getting the knockouts? Um, I think that he's a smart guy, and I think he's got a smart team around him, and, and I think that you know he's uh, definitely learned something uh, from the uh, Klitschko fight, and uh, I think that we are uh, going to see a bigger, better, uh, improved version of uh, Anthony Joshua each time he comes out. He's still only in his 20s, and uh, I think he is the heavyweight division, and don't worry about it. I doubt Deontay Wilder will knock him out because Deontay Wilder will get knocked out first, although Deontay certainly has the punching power uh, to, uh, to stop uh, AJ. What's your quick thoughts, Sal? I think you're right on with that. <clears throat> and I would like to see AJ, you know, um, be able to move a little bit side to side and <clears throat> box and use his, his strength and his his uh, reach to his advantage. And I think he will. As you said, I think he's going to be improving time after time. And uh, I know you don't like to say that much uh, with the uh, person of a, in a championship status, but the bottom line is, you know, these are things that are going to be doing. Every fighter rounds himself off and improves on what he learns from every previous fight. So it's not uncommon to say that AJ is, is, is getting better and better and better because that's what fighting and that's what experience is often teaching a fighter. You know, what he's taking from that current fight and he's going to apply to learn and to be better in his next fight. So I'm a big believer of that. Yep, good, good. I, I agree with you there. All right, listen, as we wrap it up here, um, I, I want to uh, give you guys uh, our trivia question. Uh, and I we, can't uh, wait. We actually call it... Uh... Wake up, it's time for the... Oh. It's too early for a trivia question. Question. No, I say we call it that because... Uh, uh, you know, some of you, uh, some of you guys and gals are still waking up. So it's our, uh, it's too early for a trivia question. Question is exactly what uh, uh, we call this, and and it's a tough one. So if you're the first one to email me the correct answer, and I know Sal has got his pencil ready because he loves to get these right. He's always <clears throat> guessing them off the air with me. But um, if you get this question right, and you're the first one to get it right by emailing me, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. You'll win uh, your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game, the same game that uh, Alex does the uh, simulations uh, with during our Blast from the Past. So here's the question. What former world champion in his first professional fight defeated a man he would later beat for the world championship? What former world champion in his first pro fight defeated a man he would later beat for the world championship? If you know this answer and you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talkin Boxing, that's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, you'll win a copy of the uh, Title Bout Championship computer game. Good luck to everyone on that. Sal. Can you yes. muster up any final thoughts as we uh, wrap it up here in about 30 seconds? Well, I was going to give you my canned answer, but I'll wait for tomorrow. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> you need to save all the voice that you can. But, no uh, singing tonight. 
That's right. No singing tonight. Uh, otherwise, you won't be uh, talking on the show tomorrow. But uh, hey, listen, boys and girls, uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby. Oh, boy. I can't do that. I think that's what hurt me. <laughs> ciao, 